Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Roz, here at the opening line on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? If so, it's time to get started. Let's go. What's up, what's up, everybody? This is the opening line with your hosts, Wits and Roz. We are back. We just had an interview this week with Cyrus from MTV. Today we've got an interview with one of Xander's buddies. I'll let him do the introduction. Um, But before he comes on the line to talk U.S. Open golf, I thought it's only fair that the most polarizing news in the world right now seems to be this Kevin Durant debate, whether or not he should have played or shouldn't have played. Uh, Also with the NBA Finals coming to a conclusion here shortly, we'll be addressing a little bit of that. Wits, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. And just a little bit more on the introduction. Uh, We have Skylar Levine coming on uh, i was a buddy of mine from illinois wesleyan and it was a division three national champion golfer going to talk about the u.s open very excited to have him on but first few minutes Roz, we got to talk nba and i have to say i'm feeling pretty good about the warriors right now because the raptors absolutely wet the bed in game five they had every opportunity to close out that game and they couldn't do it and I'm worried for Toronto. I'm worried what's going to happen, but I'm very excited. Um, but I know we, we had some huge news at the start of that game. Kevin Durant, it looks like he is not only missing the rest of the NBA Finals, but is going to be out next year as well. You'd hate to see it, but I want to get your thoughts, Roz. Kevin Durant tore his Achilles. Yeah, it's it's really humanizing because me and you have sat here going back and forth week in and week out about how we feel about Kevin Durant. And for me, how I felt about Kevin Durant 24 hours before the injury is I'm going to steal this money. And I did. I put, I got the Warriors at underdogs, knew Kevin Durant was going to play. They hadn't released the news. The sports book seemed a little bit slow, got great odds, ripped the Warriors, glad they pulled it off. And that's, we're going to talk about how they kind of were given the game there at the end. But I, for me, ripping KD as much as I, I have in the past, I, I can't rip the guy. The guy went out there clearly not 100%. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care about any of the reports. I don't care what he says, ultimately. He wasn't 100%, and that is the risk you run with a calf injury. From what I heard, it might have been an Achilles injury to start off with. He completely ruptured his right Achilles. I mean, if you watch the play in slow motion, you see it shoot up into his calf. It is one of the more gruesome injuries you can you can get. Um, he's a tough son of a bitch, I'll be real, for the fact that he went out there and helped his team. I mean, scoring those first 11 points in the fashion that he did was absolutely incredible after missing so much time. I, I don't... Hindsight's such 2020. Like, everyone's saying, oh, he shouldn't have played. Oh, he shouldn't have played. Or also the people who are like, oh, when is he going to come back? When is he going to play? 
Ultimately, I can't go back now and say I don't think he should have played. I think in a championship series, any competitive human being is going to want to be on that court. And he wanted to be on the court. And what happened, happened. And I don't think he should look back on it like he made a bad decision. I mean, he's now, in my eyes, gained so much respect for the fact that he went out there and played. I don't know which. Maybe you're partial to it. Maybe you have a different thought on it. But I'm not playing this BS hindsight's 2020 he's hurt now shouldn't have played thing everybody was rooting for him to come back so i don't know what your take is initially on that i i feel the same way and i kind of want to separate my thoughts i always had a different thought on kevin durant the player and kevin durant everything else off the court media wise that's where i really started to dislike him never disliked him as an actual player or the way he played the game and this just reaffirmed it for me you, you brought it up um the guy is definitely a competitor and like you said was not a hundred percent and he went out and did the best that he could and was playing really well to bring this team another championship and in the mo- most unfortunate way possible he is now dealing with a really serious achilles injury you hate to see it no matter no matter what we say about any player on this show you really you hate to see a guy get hurt especially in that fashion but I did gain, I gained a lot of respect for him because my mind had been so blurred the past couple of years by Kevin Durant, the guy who, you know, is always complaining about something media wise or social media. Um, but this really showed me a lot of grit and a lot of toughness from a guy who, you know, he didn't have to play. He could have, you know, taken his max deal next year, sat out until he was 100%, but he didn't do that. He did what he could to bring this Warriors team another title, and it's really unfortunate the way that it played out, but I can't knock a guy at all for what he did. Um, but that that's just kind of the risk you run as a professional athlete. I mean, you're always you're really always one play, one pitch, one snap away from drastically altering your career, and there's no doubt in my mind that Kevin Durant is going to come back from this injury because he is a competitor. I mean, that's one thing you've seen throughout his career, you know, the whole thing with him being always in second place, you know, second pick, second in the MVP, finally overcame a lot of that stuff. And then say what you want about him going to Golden State, but he has won back-to-back NBA Finals MVPs. So, you know, I don't want to hear anything about that he doesn't come to play in the biggest moments. And, you know, this kind of reaffirms everything, that this is a guy that I think you want on your team. Besides the fact that he's a great basketball player, this showed me a lot. Um, Really unfortunate that he got hurt. But, Roz, talking about the rest of the game, This Golden State Warriors team, I think the Raptors are in some trouble because we go back to Golden State for Game 6. and Game 7, anything can happen, just like it will tonight in the Bruins versus the Blues. Uh, Well, now that you brought it up, you've got to give us your pick. Just random off the top, who are you taking? Blues, Bruins. Give me the Blues. Great story, greater finish. They already started printing the championship gear. It's going to happen. All right, I'm in on that. But, yeah, back to the game. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I think that uh, with the dynamic now of Kevin Durant officially being done and out of the way, I think that either eases the mind or really is just disheartening. Because ultimately, I think he kind of bailed them out, in my opinion. He came in there, played an awesome first quarter, gave them the lead, all this stuff, this amped, this adrenaline push that we saw this Warriors team. And that's why they were able to hold on at the end, and they weren't down by so much. I mean, without Kevin Durant, I think they're in some serious, serious trouble. So off that note, though, 
I see what you're saying about the Trouble. You're going back to Golden State, and in a Game 7, absolutely anything can happen. Does Steph have enough firepower to keep it up? His shot's mechanical, so it should all go down the same. But what about the guys around him, you know? I that There is a bit of a concern when it comes to the rest of this Warriors team. And I, I don't know, Clay's definitely going to have to be the splash brother he's been, and they're going to really have to revert to the old Warriors when it was just the three of them, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry, and Boogie's really going to need to step up. I mean, Boogie arguably was trying to throw the game um, the other night. If you watched, I mean, the backcourt violation, the moving screen, it was the goaltending. It was pretty atrocious. If you, if you have to ask me, Boogie's finished to game five. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to disagree with you on that one, but I agree that, you know, Golden State, those three guys, Draymond, Clay, Steph, are going to have to play great. I'm looking at Andre Iguodala. I think he's going to have a huge game in game six. Um, but looking at this game, Roz, I know what you said about Kevin Durant kind of bailing him out when he was in the game, but they were down six points with two minutes and 30 seconds left. We had a huge three by Clay, then we had a huge three by Steph with a minute 22 left. And another three by Clay to take the lead 106-103. The Raptors had every opportunity to win this game. But, I mean, the last two minutes, I had to dust off my basketball rule book. Because, like you mentioned, we had an offensive and a defensive goaltend. We had a backcourt violation. We had a moving screen. We had a shot clock violation. Um, I mean, it was unbelievable. I feel like it was basketball 101 at the most critical point of the season, the last two minutes of an elimination game and give a lot of credit to Draymond Green because at first I thought that Kyle Lowry just pooped himself and shot that off the the side of the backboard. But if you look a little closer, Draymond Green did get a finger on that ball. Um, Then how about Klay Thompson, the defense in front of Kawhi Leonard? I mean, I for one thought that Kawhi Leonard was 100% going to take that shot, but he really just didn't have one. Um, And they did get an open look with Kyle Lowry, but Draymond Green, great off the ball defense slides over and gets a finger on the ball and the Warriors win game five. And now we go back to Golden State. Um, and I think we're going to game seven and anything can happen. And I'm definitely putting my money on the Warriors right now. And it's amazing after all the bitching we've done over the past four or five years about how we hate Golden State. I am I am on the other side now. I want to see another Dubs victory um, just because I really like Steph Curry and I'd really like to see this team come back, you know, without their best player and Kevin Durant. Um, and kind of facing a lot of adversity against a pretty good Toronto team. I mean, this this Raptors team has shown has been leaps and bounds above what I thought they were going to do at the beginning of this year. But I mean, I guess that goes back to Kawhi Leonard is just the silent assassin. He's the, he's the character from Assassin's Creed. He says nothing. He kills everybody. Takes no prisoners. Um, the guy's absolutely unbelievable, but this is this is going to be an exciting game six. I'll tell right. you. Right. I also think we need the dubs because we would have a lot of. Uh apologies to give because which we did it after the eastern conference finals and we apologized because we thought the bucks were going to run through the raptors but i know myself i said that this uh this series might be a sweep and that's clearly not gone that way in that fashion you gave it to the warriors in five or six um so this raptors apology tour that we'd have to go on after the nba finals that's kind of why in my opinion we need the the dubs to win this one yeah, we absolutely do. Um, but I would love to see a game seven, and I think it's going to happen. I mean, I, you might as well mark it down. I mean, Wits is very rarely wrong about the NBA. I don't know, sh- man. 
Yeah, you picked against me. Game two. Or game three. It was game three. I uh, went up 50 on game two, put it on the next game, lost. Now I'm done. Gambling urge is gone. But, yeah, th- this is exciting. I mean, I haven't been this excited about the NBA in six or seven years, which is saying I something. I have to agree with you completely. It's It's been a fun series. And I, I have to give the props to Kawhi that he deserves. I mean, this guy's an animal. And we talk about how great Kevin Durant is and how he's been second fiddle maybe to LeBron James. I know in his draft he was taken second. But there's the argument to be made that Kawhi Leonard might be the best player because defensively there isn't anybody like him. And offensively, this guy in the third quarter of Game 5 was absolutely astounding. It blew my mind. And he's just been astounding the entire series. So Kawhi definitely should be in the argument of best players in the NBA. I mean, he's for sure in the top three. So that's what we got about the NBA, which you you said it. You think this is going to seven and the Warriors take it. Me, I feel really bad saying this. But I think, I'm, just so I can start my apology tour now, I think the Raptors take this in seven as well. I think we both get what we want as a game seven, but I think the Raptors will know what to do even after an onslaught. I think Golden State's going to dominate it back home, but I think they're going to lose it on the road. Um, but it's time. We're going to get into your buddy. Now we're going to talk U.S. Open. We're going to give him our picks for our bracket. He's going to tell us how he, what he thinks of the golfers we've chosen. He's going to give us an overview of the field. It's at Pebble Beach. It's just up north of me here. A stone throw, a hop, skip, and a drive away. Now here's Skylar Levine for you today. What's up, everybody? We are back at the opening line. Have a very special guest here for you today. We're here with a good friend of mine, fraternity brother, Skylar Levine. Skylar, a couple of years younger than Roz and I, but he's a member of the Division Three National Championship Illinois Wesleyan Men's Golf Team. What's happening, Skylar? How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm uh, happy to be on the show started listening a couple months ago. Uh, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing, so I'm pumped to be on and talk some golf. Best week of the year, U.S. Open at Pebble. Yeah, I mean, we've uh, we've had a little bit of a rough stretch, Sky, the past few weeks uh, with our picks. I know we both had uh, Kepka, the last major, but so did 70% yeah. of the field. Um, but, you know, before we get into the U.S. Open, I mean, coming off a national championship, Ron, I feel like you st- I can still smell the alcohol on your breath across the phone. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> can you uh, can you take us a little bit through you know what it's like first to be a college golfer and then take us a little bit into you know what it was like you know, actually winning the national championship this year? Yeah, yeah I mean at Illinois Wesleyan we run a pretty tight ship. I mean it's about as Division One as it gets for the D three level. Um, super competitive. Everybody on our team is you know an insanely good player and we're just really deep. So even throughout the season. Uh, our qualifying so competitive. Just again, that top five really takes a lot. You need to be playing well. Um, so it's you know it's good. It takes a lot of you know a lot of commitment to uh, keep your game sharp and that sort of team. You know I have to stay on top at practicing, not only with our team practices and qualifiers, but you know working my game outside of it. So um, but it's such a blast. You know we have a team that's just so committed and to finally get the national championship done after. I want to say 15 or 16 times my coach was there. Um, finally got it like off his back was really a thrill. It was crazy. Yeah, and I, I can't even imagine. That's got to be something else. Um, 
Can you take us through a little bit what it was like, you know, through those four rounds? Um, yeah. I know I saw a couple of great action shots he out there. Um, but, you know, what yeah. was it like? What's the pressure like, um, you know, in, in a championship round like that? And I know you guys came out on top. So what was that like when you finally took home the title? Um, well, as far as pressure, I mean, we had it the whole time. We went wire to wire. So went in the first day. And I think the third day we were going in tied for the lead, but we we're still on top uh, each of the three days. So it was 72 long holes in four long days because even getting off the course, uh, we just couldn't wait to get back out there because we were so anxious. But, you know, the pressure on the back nine was something I've never really felt before. Even though, so, I mean, we're able to ask our coach how the team's doing, and they'll always tell us, but I had no idea the whole day. I just didn't want to hear, didn't want to think about it. Um, and I had our assistant coach walk with me the whole day, who was basically like my caddy the whole day, which really helped us able to talk through shots and stay as calm as ever through that environment. But uh, to get it done in the end and get off the course in here, that we had a three-shot lead and just needed to hang on coming in, it was it was pretty crazy. I usually don't get too emotional when it comes to golf, whether it's good rounds or bad rounds, but I kind of broke down along with the rest of the team and you know, it was, it was special to get it done. Yeah, I got, man. I got a question for him, Wits, cause you, you brought up that you felt pressure on the back nine. What's some, what's something you would do to kind of calm that pressure or do you use that as like kind of a motivation? Like you want to hurry your next shot to get through the pressure or is there something that you use to calm you down? Um, if anything, it's slowing down. Okay. Uh, I mean, one of my problems is just getting anxious, and especially in tournaments. For me, and also like a ton of other players, you just tend to get quick and swing faster than you normally do. So you just need to focus on your breathing and walk slow. And my goal, like that whole day, was to be walking behind um, my two playing competitors throughout the whole round, just to always show myself that I wasn't going too quick, I wasn't being anxious, and a lot of it's just accepting the pressure because. I mean, we played the whole year to be in that situation. So it's exactly what we want and exactly what we practice for. Like I was saying in our qualifiers, um, they're so competitive. Every every time we're on a course during the season, it really matters because you're playing for those five spots besides just when you're in tournament play. So, I mean, we were as prepared as we could have been for that pressure. Yeah, man. And I know, uh, I know you had a great back nine on the final day. Can you take us a little bit through, you know, maybe one or two shots um, just a, a couple times during that round when you really put it together? Because I know that you were a, you were a huge factor and you guys yeah. take home the title. And I'll give a little shout out to Ben Johnson as well. He's not too shy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ben, I mean, quick, I mean, quick shout out to Ben. He went from, you know, not really being in the picture uh, starting spring of his junior year to being like one of the best players the program's ever had. So super impressive. He was just a rock for our team the whole whole season, uh, which is huge. But as far as big shots in that back nine, for me, you know, I didn't have my best ball striking round uh, going and the whole tournament. So for me, it was a lot of putting. I made a ton of four and five footers in that back nine, and which wasn't fun because it was just, you know, pressure putt after pressure putt, which is fun when you get it done. But uh, as far as important shots, uh, I'd have to say I made a 15-footer for par on a 12th hole. It's a long, like, 450 par four to get up. So to get out of that hole with the par, especially making a good putt, really kept my momentum going. Um, and that just, it calmed me down, honestly. Then I started hitting some greens. Before that, I was scrambling around most of the day. So that calmed me down and really put me in the zone. And I think just, uh, you know, kept me excited for the rest of the round and just as focused as ever. 
That's awesome. I got here's a quick one for you. Do you, did you guys have yeah. a crowd? Did, was did you notice kind of not like I'm not assuming U.S. Open the, or Masters crowds, yeah. but like a crowd. Um, for D three golf, yes. Um, around the last hole, it's a cool little par uh, par three over water, the 18. So around that green, there were 50 to 60 people gathered, just you know, friends, family, and then other teams watching. So that was actually pretty cool to come down, you know, on that hole and finish up. And I'd make, I guess, another big shot. I made a 10-footer for par on that hole. And I still don't really know how much it counted, but I heard a pretty good reaction from our parents when I made the putt. So I thought, well, you know, this this could really matter because, like I said, I didn't know where we sat the whole day. Right. Nearing that the reaction was loudest from the parents is going to probably foil my next question. But I was curious if you could feel any gambling going around. You know, I know Phil Mickelson himself likes to gamble during uh, during one of his rounds, but yeah. did you feel any gambling between the, your competitors or even in the uh, in the crowd? Uh, I wouldn't say so. <laughs> what about you? Were you throwing some uh, some dime bags on it? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I think that for the summer rounds, playing, nice. playing stock 50-cent points, but... Uh... I think I think all the all the players be a little afraid if you step up to the step up the first tee and offer to play for some money, but that could be a nice strategy actually. How many <laughs> how many strokes would you have to give Wits? Oh, I've never seen him play. What, what do you shoot? Uh, um, it's it's, it's not shoot, fun to watch. Let me tell you. Yeah, it's not good. But um, they call him Paul yeah, so Bunyan. Skyler, I was I was following the last round and I saw seven, eight, nine. You bogeyed each hole. I thought you were both about to pull a Sergio. And just completely fall off the map. But give give yourself a little credit here. Shot one under on the back nine on the final day of the championship round. Um, you birdied thirteen. So I mean, just so just so many props. So much congratulations to you guys. I think that's awesome. Um, and even sitting at home, being just a, a normal working bum like myself, uh, I, I let out I let out a little yell, a little war cry for yeah. the. Um, so yeah, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So now we're going to get into a little bit of the U.S. Open here. I know I told you about Oz and I's struggles picking the golfers and how I, I went about you, I want you to take it easy. I'm, I have not been struggling. I am still massively in the hunt when it comes to this pool. Plus, I picked the last two winners. So I'm going to need you to slow your roll. I took Tiger at the Masters and I took Kapska at the PGA. Um, but you do need to help with Skyler. And basically, we're just going to give you our golfers, and I kind of want your take, one, on the golfers, as well as how you think they're going to fare, and then we're going to start going into kind of picks uh, that you may have. We'll give you some of the odds and who some underdogs you might like. But Wits, since, uh, since he is your friend, I'll let you get advice from you, the first golfer that you picked. Yeah, I'm going to need some advice, but I, I threw all the numbers, all the stats, all the projections out the window. I printed out the top. 20 guys odds wise and I crossed off the people I've already taken I took the top four that were left so no research on my end but I did end up with it looks like a pretty solid squad I've got Dustin Johnson Tiger Woods Jordan Spieth and Patrick Cantlay um so those are the four that I'm rolling with I've been hearing a lot of bad things about Tiger going into this week and I don't like it but those are the four that I'm sticking with um had to pick one of those guys, Skyler. Which one do you think I'm? You know, is going to hoist the hoist the cry? Excuse me, hoist the trophy on Sunday. Um, as big of a fan I am of Tiger, I think he'll play well this week. I mean, everybody knows the performance in 2000 with the 15 shot victory. 
and he obviously has his game together, but I really like Speed this week. Um, she's been, even though she's had an off year, an off last year and a half, he's been putting really well recently. He's been trending upwards, and I don't know, Pebble Beach isn't a course where you need to hit the ball the best, and that's where most of his struggles have been. I think he's a really gritty player who could kind of grind it around at a U.S. Open setup. So I like his chances. He, you know, if he's punted well and making 15, 20 footers for a birdie and par like he usually does when he's hot, I think he could really be dangerous. Yeah, I think so too. And Jordan Spieth is a guy that I've ripped on for a long time now. Just seems like he kind of faded out after being one of the hottest players on tour. Um, yeah, people were talking about him being maybe the next Tiger Woods. You know, first it was Rory, then it was Spieth. Now it looks like Brooks Kepka, but. I really like Spieth here. Um, I think he has a great tournament. And I, I agree with you about Tiger. I don't know if I see a, a victory out of him, but I'm hoping he finishes in the top 10 because how our pool works is we're going by money. Um, so finishing high, you know, the more dollars you can get, that's what, that's where we're looking for. And then I wanted to get your thoughts. My number four guy, Patrick Cantlay, um, this guy who was a big dark horse last tournament. And I think a lot of people are looking at him um, yeah. to be there on Sunday. So what do you think about him? Uh, I like that call. I mean, he was in it at the Masters until, I want to say his 15th or 16th hole, and he made a couple costly bogeys. But, I mean, he's a young player, uh, and that's just a lot of experience he has under his belt from that last tournament. He's trending hot, so I think his confidence is high. And, I mean, he has so much potential. I don't know if you guys are familiar with, uh, like, how he came out when he was young, but he was, I want to say, the top player when he was in college, like the number one out of, you know, all collegiate schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got the game and he's just starting to really get it back so we kind of don't really know his ceiling yet because he had all that potential and he had some injuries and now he's starting to get it back so you know, there's there's a lot of room for him to you know, even get better than, than he's been this year Yeah, I, you know what after, after that analysis I think I'm going to lock up Wits for the top spot in this year's US Open I love the analysis, I think it's great but I'm going to give Roz a chance to give Skyler his yeah, picks here. We'll see well, how much he tears them apart. Because I well, think Wits, you you kind of took my cheat sheet because I also went with Patrick Cantlay. And by the way, I feel guilty every time I say this guy's last name. I mean, his last name is literally Cantlay. So this guy must not be tossing fight <laughs> on the weekends. Um, but Daniel Rappaport at SI, who's been my dude, and I swear to God, I just pulled this article up, did not look at it when I was making my picks, says it is Patrick Cantlay's time. That 64 he just shot Sunday at the Memorial was one of the five best rounds yeah. of the entire season, and he grew up yeah. playing at Pebble. This is his course. This is his time. Me and Wits are both going to capitalize on that. But since we already talked about Patrick, I want you, Skyler, to talk to me about Brent Snedeker. He's on my squad. He just played. He has won at the AT&T twice. He finished tied for fourth yeah. last week in Canada. Is this momentum going to keep going? I think so, and I mean, like I mentioned earlier with Jordan Speed and the putting, at a U.S. Open, it's huge, and Seneca's one of the best putters out there. You know, in these types of tournaments with greens being fast, it's pretty hard to put it in tap and range from your chips and your uh, lag putts, so these guys can be tested with, you know, four to six footers, and there's probably not many better guys to be rolling them than Brandt. And he's, and he's hot, and he's won there before, so it's also a short course. He's not a long player, um, so it could, it could definitely fit through the game. I'm loving hearing that because, once again, my boy Daniel Rappaport <laughs> is big on him being the sleeper. I mean, he's 60-1, to 1, yeah. so I'm, I love that money wow. anyways. 
Um, I also had Spieth, so we don't really need to get into it since I usually shit on Spieth and people will come at yeah. me for taking him. I took Justin Thomas. He was hurt at the last major. I understand yep. there's that concern, but I've also seen an uptick in his play. And again, confident U.S. soil. Needed, I wanted to use all my U.S. guys while I could, so I did. Took Justin Thomas, a guy who has won a major before. Yeah. I like that. I mean, Justin played really well at the start of the season, and he just faded off a little with injury. But I, I think he's one of the most talented guys. Technically, he's one of the best out there. So under a major championship, we saw how, uh, how well he played under the pressure when he won in 2017 the PGA. So I think he's just steady. I guess I, I'd be surprised if he isn't at least in the mix. Well, you uh, first off, it sounds like you're gassing both of us up. You've not said one bad thing about any of our golfers. So I do. I want one like, bad thing. I want you, so you to pick. I want to know of our picks who's the worst one you've heard. I'd say JT just because we don't know, oh, cool. you know what he's going to bring to the table being out of it. Fair. You know, uh, he's, I, I think he's the game to win, but we just don't know. The other guys you've mentioned have been pretty, you know, pretty hot recently. You're trending upwards. So that's a little bit of a gamble. Uh, that's fair. All's fair and loving those yeah. kind of questions. So um, yeah. we that's what we've got for our teams. Wits, we, you need to climb the leaderboard. I need to keep holding face, maybe win one of these majors, because we actually get paid out on the individual majors as well, along with the whole okay. season standings. Um, but it's I, I'm curious. I don't know if you've seen the odds. I mean, Brooks and Dustin, both 8-1 to one yeah. Tiger and Rory 10-1. to one. I am always shocked at the odds that Rory gets. 10 to 1. I understand the player he yep. was, but this guy to me, other than the players this year, has not been someone yep. that is deserving of one of these top spots. So explain to me of these top yep. four, who legitimately has this shot, and or can we see all of them fall off? You know, the problem, it's, it's hard to doubt Brooks in the majors, but I think Pebble doesn't play in his favor. It's not, a, you know, it's not long... You don't need that 320 drive that he has. Um, and same with Rory. Rory's a, you know, he's a fairways and greens guy. He plays well on soft courses. I mean, in the past, when he won his U.S. Open, you know, it wasn't a firm setup. Um, and, I, and I question his putter, too. That's the shakiest part of the game, and you can't win a U.S. Open with good, uh, you know, without good putting. So, I, I mean, obviously they're both talented. I could see him up there, but I don't think it's going to be Rory's or Brooks's week. Yeah, and uh, Sky, we, we've babbled on for long enough being two guys who um, aren't golfers, but we want to get your take on you know a couple guys near the top who you think could win this U.S. Open, and then maybe also a dark horse or two, a guy who's maybe sitting there at you know, 30, 50 to 1, maybe 100 to 1, yeah. that you think might be able to you know, take home the title this week. Yeah. Um, I mean, one dark horse who I was thinking, who I thought uh, 175 to 1 is Kevin Kisner. Um, he's been in major championships, major championships before. He's played in Ryder Cups. Uh, he's been up in majors before too, and he's just not a long hitter. Another short guy who uh, this course could play perfectly for him. And I think he's just steady mentally. Everybody's going to get broken down a little bit in the U.S. Open, frustrated. I think you know he has that attitude that after a bogey or a double, he's just going to move on and get right with it. So I really like Kisner at those odds. I was surprised to see him that uh, that low. Yeah, CBS now has him at 100 to 1. I got to ask, because this oh. is a very pro Ricky show. And honestly, I'm still trying to be his best friend. He's coming off at 20 to 1. Tell me why I'm not putting the whole bank account on him. I think there has to be a win. I think everyone's been quiet about Ricky. 
I mean, I'm seeing 20 to 1. Yeah. I'm at least putting $200 on it. I'm, I'm a Ricky fan as well, so that's hard to argue with. He, he hasn't been in great form since his win. Um, that's the only doubt I have. Another great putter, one of the best strokes in golf today. So he's going to be solid on the greens, but I just I don't really trust his form. I haven't seen him up there enough lately, and you, know, you have to be dialed in uh, to win a major championship. I just don't think his game's you know at his peak right now to do it. Is he ever going to win the ma- a major championship? That's what the other pressing yeah, question. I'm convinced he will. There, there are too many courses that set up well for him. He's played Augusta well. Um, he's awesome in the British Open. He shapes shots so well. Um, so I just, I'd be so surprised to see him. You know, he's knocked on the door his whole career. I just think we haven't seen his best golf yet. There? I mean, it feels like he's been around for a while, but he's still young. Yeah, I agree with you. We're uh, we're such a, a pro pro Ricky on this show that the time he actually wins, we're I think we're just going to scream into the mic for forty five minutes. Yeah. We're going to um, find him. We're going to find him. And we're going to celebrate with him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So talked about Kevin Kistner uh, being a guy, you know, down the odds board that might have a shot to win. Anybody else, Sky, that you know we should be looking for? That's you know not one of those top ten golfers right now. Uh, this is a dark horse that I'm picking is Jim Furyk. Wow. I mean, older dude. Um, but he's had a pretty good year, and he's played a lot of golf. I was just looking at, like, his stats from the year recently, and he's played as much as any young guy in the tour, so I think he's still kind of hungry and wants it. He's won a U.S. Open before, uh, I think back in 2003. Uh, he's 21 for 24 and cuts the U.S. Open, and he's another old guy who's just experienced, and he's gritty. I mean, at the, did you guys watch him at the uh, players this year? Yeah, I, I did watch I was watching Rory. That was my that was my follow of the players. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Furyk was right down there at the end, and it was pretty fun to watch. I, besides me just wanting to win, I picked him. I think it'd be really cool to see a story like that. You know, an older guy, you know, emerges and wins another major championship, and he's he's played solid golf the whole year. Yeah, he absolutely has. Um, so everybody, we got U.S. Open starting tomorrow, Thursday at Pebble Beach. Well, he was Cal- he was bringing up the old guy, so I got to know what he thinks about Phil, who's never won his U.S. Open. Is he going to get the U.S. Open? I, you know, I'm not a Phil fan regularly, and he has the two drivers in the back this week, which I think is just ridiculous. <laughs> um, I read up on it a little bit. One's for a like a long ball, and he's got his shorter driver for a little cut that it's con- you know to control and keep in the ferry. But I see no point at Pebble Beach. All you need to do is put the ball in the fairway and hit it long enough, which all these guys do. So I just think that's a waste, especially I don't know what club you had to take out for that. But, you know, you're sacrificing a wedge or a long iron or a fairway wood, and I just don't think you're going to win the golf tournament. Um, even if he drives it well with his little strategy, I, I don't think it's going to play in his favor. Will he ever win the U.S. Open? I don't know. He's had so many chances. I think he's a little bit rattled and beat down. You know, he's had he's been so close and made you know so many pretty terrible errors <laughs> that I just I think it'd be tough. Fair, yeah. very fair. And uh, so you heard it here first at the opening line. Phil Mickelson put all your money on him. He's going to take <laughs> his first U.S. Open title. Skylar Levine, not our words. Um, but Sky, so you know, we got U.S. Open coming up, and then you know what's what's next for you 
you know, golf-wise, school-wise, job-wise, you know, what's going on in your life right now? Um, I know we touched on the national championship. I believe you have one more year left to school, but I, I'm an old guy now. Yeah. I've got gray hair. I can't yeah, keep track of everything. Year. Yeah, so what's, uh, um, what's, what's up next for you after senior year? Uh, I'm working an internship this summer, 9 to 5, so unfortunately I had to put golf on the back burner a little bit. Uh, for the time being, and just try to get my nine holes in after working on the weekends. <laughs> like like the uh, everyday gentleman, right? It, exactly. Um, not in love with it yet, but it's reality. Um, <laughs> yeah, so just hoping I'm a finance major, hoping to lock down a job somewhere in that field. Uh, hopefully this summer goes well, and maybe I could follow up where I'm at and you know work there and then just end up maybe getting a membership at a country club and just looking forward to my club championship after – you know, not being able to play for national championships anymore. I was going to say, aren't you, you should, uh, I was about to call it an audition. My LA lifestyle is just getting the best of me right here, but you should uh, try out for the U S open. Tony Romo didn't do too well, but I'm sure you can, uh, you can outshoot him at least. Yeah, no, I definitely feel like after, you know, after school and when I'm in the real world, I'd like to play those, you know, USAM qualifier, US open qualifier here and there. You never know what could happen. And I'm definitely going to miss the competition. So, uh, I mean, I think it'd be so fun to be a 25, 26-year-old guy in the working force who makes a U.S. Open or a USM. That'd be, just be a hell of a story. Yeah, and we're, uh, we're going to be rooting for you. We're going to be looking for you on the opening yeah. line. Um, but, Sky, just two last quick things. I know we've got Stanley yeah. Cup Game 7 going on right now, and we've got the NBA Finals Game 6 going to Golden State. Um, give us your two champions right now. Uh, Bruins and hockey. And I'd like to see the Warriors pull it out without KD and make the comeback, but I don't think they could win two more in a row, so I'm going to say the Raptors. All right. Skyler Levine, Phil Mickelson, the Raptors, and the Bruins. Put all your money on them. They're going to make you a lot of money. Um, but thanks a lot for coming on the show, Sky. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you so um, much. Yeah, once again, this is Skyler Levine, national champion golfer, do you have any plugs, any handles that you have that you uh, you want to share? Oh, not really. <laughs> not really on the social media. He's a social media ghost, it sounds like. He's, follow, he's a follow the Illinois Wesleyan Men's Golf team on Instagram. Perfect. Yeah. Follow Wesleyan Men's Golf. Um, but that's all the time we have here for the opening line, everybody. Thanks a lot to Skyler for joining us today. We're definitely going to have him on in the future to talk more golf. Um, we're going to catch up with him, see where he's at. Hopefully, we're calling his name in a few years, um, taking him in this pool at the U.S. Open. But thanks a lot for the time, Sky. And yeah, everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the golf and go Dubs, go Blues. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.